Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Dunks Inc. Classic Factory, proudly a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Whether you're watching live on YouTube, part of the Slipstream team right now, or checking out the podcast a little bit later, thank you very much. I'm your host, Trey Kirby, and I'm joined today by our local F1 expert and a man who went through a vicious Twitter audio last week and came through an absolute <laughs> engagement machine. Ladies and gentlemen, great and Gordian. Thank you. I, I felt challenged, but I also... I said, you know, winners want the ball. I'm going to rise to the occasion, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get these tweets off. You brought it, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Airheads versus Starburst didn't kill it like I thought it was going to. No, but everything I'll, else I thought was top notch. And I was a little surprised. Perhaps it's just because my audience knows me. We we know each other. But the, it was a it was a very pro Airheads audience. People, nobody was really like riding for Starburst in my mentions. A little surprised. Exactly. People were just waiting for somebody to be brave enough to take yeah, 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 yeah. Airhead's side of things. Uh, we've also got some interesting developments here on the pit wall. Not only do we have JD in his usual position, there's Jerome. And if I'm not mistaken, he's pressing some important buttons back there. Oh, he's running the show back here. Oh, I Whoa. love it. Jerome, hit me with something on the mic. You got a catchphrase yet? Uh, start your engines. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Hell right. yeah! Start Hell your yeah. engines, everybody! Is, did you to... just come up with that? <laughs> they should say that it's, at it's the a, race. It's, it's a real improv moment for me. There we go, there we go! Yes Good and. stuff! Yes and, my friend. Oh, big news here in the Classic Factory. This is like uh, when they let the new drivers for the team take it out and free practice one. Uh-oh, uh-oh! Uh-oh! We may have lost the light here, but that's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, gonna heat things up with on. our takes uh talking about the abu dhabi grand prix the last race of the formula one season as you see jd crossing <laughs> through to... but here's the great thing we got jerome over here on pit wall making the right calls jd is fixing the camera and jerome's able to switch it on or the lights and J- and jerome's able to switch to the camera so we can see how everything is going but graden uh this was an interesting final grand prix i think a little bit more exciting than it looked like after quali it looked like we were gonna have red bull Mercedes, actually, or for, for Red for, Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, one, two, three, four, five, six. It kind of looked like that at the beginning of this race as well. But as time went on, we got ourselves a little bit of a it got exciting. Race. It was good. I mean, Abu Dhabi. Everybody. I mean, last year, obviously, incredibly exciting, incredibly controversial. <laughs> yep, but yep. people forget that Abu Dhabi is oftentimes a, a, like a terrible race, yes, like a real yes. snooze fest. So, and for a minute there, it was like, and we're back. We're back to like. 10 laps in, I was like, this is it. This is the final standing. I almost right. got like, the car to come over yeah, here. <laughs> it's like, I was like, the Rebels are going to drive away. Like, it's it's Perez second in the championship, Leclerc third, for sure. I was like, I was like, no, it's mm-hmm. like, there's really not, it's like, there's almost no doubt in my mind at this point. Um, 
I was wrong about that. We were all wrong. I think everybody kind of had that reaction. We were wrong. It was pretty exciting. It was good. There was drama right up until the last lap. It did come down to the last lap once it again. Did. Not it, quite for the not, championship not at quite. the very last moment. Uh, but the battle between Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez, basically for second in the Grand Prix and also for second in the driver's standings overall. Were you sweating it out? Oh, as for sure. Perez was chasing down Leclerc in the as, final few as, laps. As our, you know, as our number one Leclerc stand here in the Classic Factory, I was like literally standing up in my living room, <laughs> hands on my head, like walking around, like <laughs> so, so nervous, like so anxious, like pacing around yeah. the house. I, I was nervous because I want him to hold it off. And I, it, I mean, it was going to be close. I was like, my God, this is like, this is, I, I'm actually not sure. If anything, Leclerc ended up, which he ended up winning by about, I think, 1.3, 1.4 seconds mm-hmm. or finishing in second by that much, even a little bit more of a gap than I had initially anticipated. I thought it was a good call, though, by Ferrari. Obviously, in hindsight, it was a great call. At the time, I liked it, too. I was like, this is good. You've got to mix it up here, I think. You've got to, you've got to like, you know, zig when they zag and – and and the hards looked pretty good. Like he was setting yeah. good lap times. It looked like they could go a lot longer distance. I, I loved I loved the gamble. The only thing I didn't like from them was their trademark strategic indecision, which was like <laughs> rethinking it like halfway through. Yeah. They almost blew it by getting skittish on their own cleverness. Like I so I thankfully they didn't do that. Yeah, but I mean honestly, <laughs> if you're a Ferrari, you're this deep into the season, you've had a lot of calls go the wrong way. Oh. You finally make one and you're like, wait a second. This can't really this be working. working. Out. This yeah. isn't really working for us, is it? But it was a little bit encouraging, I thought. I think it was signs who was on the radio pretty early, who's like, degradation is better than expected. Yeah. And he was cruising along, and like you're saying, the tires stuck around uh, for Leclerc long enough. And the and Perez had had, the other thing that I liked it was Perez's second stint, his first stint on the hards after his initial pit stop, was a pretty bad stint for him. Like, that was the one where Leclerc took huge chunks yeah. out of his time, despite him, you know, the tires are only like six laps older. I get they're older, but not like a ton. the ton, you know, like, I, and he was eating huge chunks out of his time. I was like, God, this is really shocking. And I felt like didn't bode well for Perez's ability to come back for yeah. that third time. I So I that's why I kind of liked it, is it felt like the Perez is a little off today. I think the setup or something, it's just, it's just not suiting his driving style as, as well as they would like. But incredible because, I mean, like you, like me, like everybody, 10 laps in, I thought the Red Bulls were going to absolutely drive away. I just thought there was no chance in hell that Ferrari was going to end up on on the second step. Yeah, I thought it was pretty impressive for Leclerc to be able to split both of the Red Bulls uh, in the final race of the season. Because, like you're saying, it looked like uh, this was going to be a blowout, which it absolutely was for Verstappen. Yeah. Like, it's very funny to watch this race, you know – They've already got his championship sewn up. They've got the Red Bull championship sewn up. So it is really the fight for second place. So even though Verstappen was, like, so far ahead and he won the race, he was barely in this at all to the point where they showed him crossing the finish line and they set off the fireworks. I was like, oh, yeah. Which – Nice. He, he won. I'm a little surprised. He, okay. 
I both am and am not surprised he didn't play more of a role. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised that he didn't slow up to try to impede sure. Leclerc or something like that. He would, I, you know, it seems fairly evident that he's not interested in like going out of his way to help his teammate. However, and they even said on the radio, I think they didn't show Perez's initial question, but they told Perez Leclerc would have DRS. I think Perez had been saying. Max should slow up and and hold up yeah. Leclerc so I can catch him. And they said, well, in that case, he'll have DRS. We think that'll hamper your ability to overtake him. I honestly think, while that's true, that's not a good – that's not a good argument. They they should have done that. Yeah. If they really wanted Perez to get <laughs> sure. it. Like, like he should have slowed up and it would have held up Leclerc. It would have been difficult for him to overtake him and it would have – I don't know. It would have – Perez would have at least caught him. So I don't know. But – didn't happen. What are you going to do? Yeah, it didn't happen. What else was interesting in this race? Lewis Hamilton had an interesting race. He was cruising along, uh, but then his car kind of just started to fall off the cliff. It looked like it was a tires-related thing, but then as soon as he got past, I think it almost as soon as he got down into fifth place uh, pretty late in this race, he just dropped out of the race eventually. It became Mercedes' first DNF of the season, which was a little bit surprising to me. They'd had such a reliable car, and it finally goes out on one of them in this last race, but uh, a bummer ending, certainly yeah, for Hamilton. Yeah, huge bummer ending. He had, his whole day was a little tortured, right? I mean, yep. with having the contact with signs and then having to give the place back, which I did think was the right call. I was That was a little surprising to me, the way that went down, though. They had been very explicit that the race director would not tell you to give a place back. Do you remember this at the beginning yeah, of the season? They a were big like, thing at the beginning yeah, of the season. it's like you'll have to make the judgment as to whether it's appropriate, and based on what you do, we'll penalize you or we won't. Whether we think you did the right thing, but then they, but then they, <laughs> but then they, they didn't stick with yeah. that. They told him to give the. They like waited and advocated. To, so I was like, what? I was like, is that? Did we get rid of that rule? Like, what happened? I actually – I have no idea why they departed from that. But they um, – but that, like, obviously went poorly for him, was costly. He did take – overtake signs right again, but then he seemingly – he claimed he was having power issues. Yeah. He, he wasn't liking the tires when he ran long. He didn't want to do a one-stopper, and they said, well – tough you know you're doing one <laughs> you <are>. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like they they didn't really listen to him there and in the end he had a, like his his gear shifting failed and he you know i don't know couldn't you know d- just couldn't finish the race so that was that was a, a a day to forget for lewis a bummer yeah it was and he got he was in a collision early on too where his car went flying up and that's when he went off the yeah track, that was right? the, that was the he whole liked. he had to give the give the place back but that seemed to and must have done something. Like, that collision and just, like, you know, going airborne and coming back down so hard must have done something. Because he was kind of complaining on the radio for the majority of the race after that happened. And, the, and he had had – the car has been a little finicky all weekend. He was complaining also a lot in qualifying about the brakes, um, that the brakes setup was wrong, that basically they were heating inconsistently. Like, they were at two really radically different temperatures, which was affecting, like, pulling the car when he would hit the brakes in one direction. So it seemed like maybe there just were some gremlins this this weekend that, that got him. It's, it's a bit of a shame, although it did also um, – a little surprised that Merck couldn't carry their Brazil performance over to Abu Dhabi at all. Like they did, they look, they ended up third in the championship. They were going to whether or not Lewis finished the race. Right. You know that was that was seemed to be a done deal. But 
They finished third, and they did very much look like the third best team today when that hadn't been true for the last few, you know, the last few races. So a bit of a step back for them, but, um, but you know, Russell had a nice race again, so. Yeah, we said last week that it was a little foreboding that Toto Wolf was like, yeah, we have no idea why we were actually so fast in Brazil, <laughs> and it turned out that they didn't have a complete lockdown on the car, but like you said, George Russell finished in P5, but he was kind of out there all by himself. He had a penalty, a five-second penalty for an unsafe release. It took him a while to get his like back right tire on, and then when they finally did, sent him out right in front of Norris. one of the McLarens. Yeah, yeah he, Norris. He, which was, it sucks as a driver to get that because it's not your fault, but that was an obvious instance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was oh, just yeah. no debate. That's like the definition like, of it. Yeah, kinda. right, totally, right? So and that, just is, that just sucks for George because there's nothing you can do about that. you got to penalize somebody. So let's run through the point scorers in Abu Dhabi. Max Verstappen <coughs> obviously won in P2, Leclerc, P3, Perez, P4, Signs, P5, Russell. And then we get down into the lower point scorers. Lando Norris came in in sixth, followed by Esteban Ocon in the Alpine in seventh. Lance Stroll finishes eighth. In ninth is Daniel Ricciardo, his final race for McLaren. And number 10, final championship point of his career, Aston Martin's Sebastian Vettel. It was a pretty cool last race for Vettel. It was awesome to see him versus Ricardo on the last lap as well. Wasn't able to pip him. I love to say pippin'. You know, that's a great way for passing people. But uh, that was exciting for Vettel. He was driver of the day. Like, no surprise. Yeah, no surprise. He he probably would have been driver of the day if he (laughs) DNF'd. I mean, honestly, (laughs) like, you know, there. I mean, let's be real. Like, Vettel is a like a. A legend of the sport, right? I mean, he's he's one of the greats. He's he's on the very he's on, what he's, th- you know, third all time in terms of championships or third or fourth. You know, he's right he's right there. Um, he's you know obviously he he's been one of the guiding lights of the sport in terms of like its conscience and like you know driving it to be more ecologically responsible. He's the man, and I, he will be missed. I hope he's around. I hope he's one of those drivers who does come around and remains a part of it because he's he's a fun guy. He's chill. He's got great chill dad vibes. He so, does seem to have uh, great chill dad vibes, and it seemed like, I don't know, it's been a little bit of a uh, celebration of Vettel yeah, over the sure. last three weeks, really, where everybody's for like, sure. oh, this is his last time in Brazil. This is his last Formula One race. And it's cool to see him actually like have some competitive moments. I know he was pretty upset late in this race. He's like, I don't know how we got this strategy so wrong. I mean, I guess at best he probably would have came in eighth where Stroll came in, which uh, a fine drive for him, point, but at least he, was, he got a point. He was running ahead of Ocon at one point. I mean, in mm-hmm. the beginning stages, he was battling Ocon, right? The, he was trying to pass him. I think eventually, I can't remember if Ocon pitted or if he did pass him, but, he, but you know, that that is probably where Vettel is looking at the standing saying, why didn't we finish sure. up around that guy that we were neck and neck with in the opening laps? You know, yeah, listen, they that didn't work. That's a bummer. Uh, I wish it had, but um, you know, I get, I, I get why they tried something. It was they, they really made a big deal of this on the broadcast. You know, those points that just that extra point that he would have gotten for passing Ricardo was the difference between them finishing behind or in front of Alfa Romeo and receiving an additional twelve million dollars in prize money. Which I think you, I mean, you forget like sometimes the, how important the constructor standings are just to the literal huge bags of cash these teams get at the end of the season just 12 million dollars they kept cool saying 12 million dollars so many times they love that stat they <laughs> they do this Crombie and Rundle I do feel like they get in these 
they, they have like a, a fact of the race every week, yeah. something they can't stop mentioning or like keep bringing up. Like <laughs> I, like I, it totally. was, last in Brazil, totally. it was whatever like George Russell's home's, hometown is like, I want to say King's Landing, but that's Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's like King's, it's like King's something. He's from like King's something. Yeah, and they King's said the name. Yeah, yeah it's it like they said the name of that town like eighteen times. They do this. They get and this the twelve million. They kept saying twelve million dollars over and over. So. Yeah, we uh, we called one game ever a summer league game between the Portland Trailblazers and San Antonio Spurs, and I must have said Wade Baldwin Jr. was playing for a contract a thousand times because <laughs> it was like the one thing I knew about Wade Baldwin yeah. Jr. So I'm like, oh yeah, I love to see him scrapping out here. You know, he's fighting for a contract. That was very much the twelve million dollars. It's like. I know this about this part of this, the this race, the, yep. and I'm going to keep saying it. Totally. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, the $12 million, I guess, didn't happen. Didn't happen, <laughs> no. Aston I Martin, guess it went so. to Alfa Romeo instead. Congratulations to them on the $12 million. Yeah, congrats. It, uh, you know, it's it's fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be okay. <laughs> uh, they, no, but Their that, cars are expensive. Those were probably – I think you're probably right that – Vettel and his race and, you know, where he finished and actually getting back into the points after having – being frustrated strategy. That's probably the other main story of this race, I think. That's the main th- – like, I, anything else that jumped out I mean, you? there was a there was a few bone throws, I thought, to, you know, Daniel Ricciardo, his yeah. last race with McLaren. He's reportedly going to be the third driver, I guess, for Red Bull, which maybe puts a little pressure on Sergio Perez oh, next season. Oh, for sure. Season. I we think shall that's see. Uh, I also like that Nicholas Latifi had one last DNF for oh. the road. And and one last like wreck, yeah, like why a sp- not, you know? yeah, like one last crash Go into the wall. Top. I actually thought Bobby. that I, th- in that moment, is when I for a brief second there I thought, oh my god, Leclerc is gonna gonna get second because I thought they were gonna have to send out a safety car, yeah, and it would have yeah, been yeah, like yeah. A, it would have like he would have pitted on the brand new spanking new tires and had a big gap and been, been and been like and probably have driven away like i so but they didn't end up they just briefly yellow flagged that sector didn't end up mattering that much but yeah and uh not an ideal ending for mick and latifi in what is you know very possibly both of their last races in formula one to come together and spit out so i will say to mick schumacher's credit his last drive with haas and he did come in ahead of kevin magnuson there you go so you know that's nice for him although it sounds like in the end what was it gunter steiner said this week that it doesn't even it wouldn't have even man let there we're back baby hey here we go the uh, it wouldn't have even mattered if Mick had been on pole in Brazil. He still wasn't going to resign him. I was kind of like, that's – I love you, good to – that's kind of like a dick comment to make a after you harsh, just fired him. Yeah, like, yeah, it's salt I don't care if the... wins the championship. Yeah. He won't drive for us next year. Yeah, it's a real salt in the wound, man. Like, pretty pretty harsh comment for a driver on his way out the door. I, it's, I, I get the sense they just don't – they just plain don't like each other maybe. Yeah, it mu- that must be it because, I don't know – I don't know. Like, what's Mick doing wrong out there? He's, <laughs> the team, the car's not good, obviously. He's not one of the better drivers out there, but they're I just bringing he, in, like, a mid-card dude for him. Yeah, I get that he's, like, not – he didn't just crush it out there, maximize every opportunity. But I don't think Mick – Mick was, like, I think, like, mildly underperformed. I don't think he dramatically underperformed. Yep. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask you about, I was actually going to force you to explain something to me because we heard a whole bunch about track limits at Abu Dhabi. Uh, quite a few lap times deleted. Yeah. Uh, quite a few talks of the black and white flag, but not that black and white flag. 
Right. <laughs> not the checkered flag. Not a different the checkered one. Different one. Uh, so that's yeah. A good point. Actually, I've never thought about that fact. Couldn't that have picked a different a color. Different... Yeah. Black and yellow. That's a good. <laughs> Black yeah. and orange. The meatball. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, explain track limits to me a little bit. Okay, here. so obviously. There is a white line around the edge of the track. You know, you're supposed to, in theory, nice, yes. stay within the white line. And in that instance, it, it what they mean is, is like any part of any one of your four tires has to be on the line. The car doesn't have to be inside of it. You see this in qualifying all yeah. the time where people, you know, are – like right on the edge, there's tiny slivers of it, or you can like see it's like in football where you see a tiny blade of grass, like between, whether a guy caught it or something. They're looking for that level of granularity there. Um, it does matter in the race because obviously in certain corners, certain places, you're you there's a huge advantage to potentially leaving the track. You can take a corner at a much better angle. You can you know you can. Um, get a lot more speed heading into a straight, which is the reason you see it in the final corner of Abu Dhabi so much is about the exit speed and making sure you carry as much speed down that main straight as you can. Um, and and so you, you do hear it a lot at this last race of the year. A very confusing part is they do kind of uh, regulate it differently at different tracks. Sometimes like everywhere on the track is track limits bound. Sometimes they're really just focused on specific corners that they're policing. I guess presumably because those are the only places where you really can gain an advantage. It, it, it varies a lot, but you get three track limit violations. Then you get shown the black and white flag, which is like, hey, don't do it again. And if you do it again, <laughs> you will get a five-second penalty. So Hamilton, for example, had he left the track one more time, would have received a five-second penalty. Right. Um, and then oppositely, Leclerc had not had that many track limit violations. So of those last couple laps, he was using them. Like Same he on. went, yeah, he went off the track strategically to pick up speed because he had violations to burn. You know, so like that's actually I, smart. So he yeah, save like, your limit. Yeah, violations. so he so that so it ended up you know helping him. It, it was a constraint on Hamilton, but that's. That's basically what it is. You certain tracks, it's more advantageous than others. Abu Dhabi is gotta be on the short list of ones where we hear about it the most, I especially because of that last corner. Oh yeah, that last corner, it's like they're flying, and then they want to keep flying yeah. right around that corner. They oh. go off the track all the time. <laughs> um, a few questions, a few follow-ups. I think it's so weird that there are some tracks where like the track limits don't matter just for certain corners, and that's just kind of like. Yeah, it, track by track, I find that unusual. Yeah, I think it's just because some of them there's real no there's no real advantage to be gained by you know by t- like the apex or what is on track is in fact the fastest way sure. through it, right? So there or others where there uh, there's there's very little off track room, you know, Monaco. Monaco, Baku, other places. There's really uh, oftentimes a lot of street courses. Singapore, you really there's not a lot of room to go off track. Off track is a wall, you know. Yeah. So there, you know. So I think that that. So the, so sometimes it's just not even an option. Um, I'm trying to think of other instances where it's like really advantageous to go off track. You see in Hungary, there's a couple. They talk. It came up a lot yeah. this year yep. in Hungary. There's a few corners, um, including the last one. I think also where there's there's a lot of value. Also to clarify, it's like baseball. Where if the ball is touching the foul line, it's inbounds. 
This is Correct. similar, right? Like Correct. any tiny sliver of tire, you're good. It's like the opposite of basketball, where if you barely touching the out of bounds, sure. you're out of bounds. It's like it's like baseball or soccer works like this too, where just as long as the ball is like on the line, on the edge, it's sure. like there. You know, that's a little bit of Tennis. like World yep. Cup teaser content for you guys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> de- de- yeah. De- I know you're a big Brentford bees fan. Yeah, I didn't know it extended yeah, to all de- soccer though. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. now the bees are kind of a gateway drug to the world. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah Tennis same way. So it's exactly like that. So and you actually see, I mean, guys really do cut it close. For Stappen's pole lap, I actually like jumped out of my chair and I was like, that was track limits. I swore. <laughs> and I guess his all at one point all four tires were out, but just as his back tire went out, his front tire came back in. I mean, by like uh like as close to a not track limits violation as I've ever seen a driver pull off without you know so he was smooth yeah it was smooth for sure and the last thing i wanted to know about is when they say a track time is deleted and they delete the track time that has just no effect on anything the 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 reason it would matter is because you do get a point for fastest lap okay that's the only that's that, the only time i mean they matter. do okay. technically they're like that lap can't count as your fastest lap because you went out of the cor- track correct limits. Fair correct enough. uh i think that's why i mean does it I think there's other things like, you know, you wouldn't get the record for lap time at a at a circuit. Sure. You know, you would fastest lap time at a circuit. You wouldn't there's other just things like that, but obviously, yeah, it doesn't really matter. In quality that matters, obviously immensely. Yeah. Definitely. But you know, so sure. but the but yeah. I've never only I'm trying to think, only even once or twice have I ever seen an actual fastest lap deleted for a lap time and i don't mean like mid-race like you do if you were paying attention every once in a while you do see it mid-race but also there's 30 laps to go and that's not gonna gonna be the fastest lap yeah it doesn't matter like uh, but a couple of times you've seen like a guy do a fastest lap on the last lap but he goes out or something Mm -hmm. so it's not very common though Hey, man, thanks for explaining that. Hey, yeah, of course. My Very much appreciated. <laughs> Our final driver standings of the season go like this. In P1, Max Verstappen. You ever heard of him? He's GQ's man of the year. Oh, that's back where I did for Back to back jacks him. for Max. Actually, actually, really nice right there. Back to back jacks for Max. Two straight championships. Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc finishes second in the driver standings for Ferrari ahead of P3 Sergio Perez. George Russell, nice little season for him, came in P4. Really and the Mercedes, uh, Carlos Sainz in fifth, Lewis Hamilton in sixth. First season of his career, he didn't win a race, no. if I'm not mistaken. They Correct. kept bringing that up on the broadcast as well. Don't know about the status of his $12 million. Lando wow. Norris, he finishes in P7 for McLaren. They said he was thinking about changing his number to seven on the broadcast because he came in seventh like so many times this year. You think that was facetious or you think he's really thinking about it? I think he's four right now. That's got to be a joke. They've got to just be poking fun at Max for changing his number to one. <laughs> okay. Right? I, right? Respect. Right? I like I, that, yeah. I, I mean, because otherwise it's a – it's a weird choice. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going be, seven. Yeah, it's came like, in seven. I came in seventh, seventh, buddy. I'm, I'm number big number seven. It seems weird. Yeah, that does seem weird. So, anyways, <laughs> Norris did finish seventh. We'll see next year if he wears number seven on the car. Uh, Ocon finishes in eighth ahead of Fernando Alonso. Uh, Alonso DNF again in his final <sighs> race God. for Alpine. Uh, this guy had. A real snake tough bit, go, man. man. So exactly. I mean, he's estimated he's lost more than seventy points. 
which if I'm mathing it out, would put him up to P8 in the constructors cha- or the drivers championship. He drove the wheels off the car this year. I mean, he had a he had an incredible season for a guy who came in behind his teammate Ten, behind yeah, ninth. Yeah, like. He had a really good year. Yeah, I thought he outdrove the car all the time. All the time. And then the car would break, you know, yeah. like about halfway through half of the races, which is too bad for for him. Uh, Botas, Valtteri Botas finishes 10th for Alfa Romeo. Terry. He's followed by Daniel Ricciardo. In P12, Sebastian Vettel in his last uh, go-around the F1 circuit. Kevin Magnussen finishes P13. Pierre Gasly, 14th. That's a disappointing finish, I have to say. Uh, Lance Stroll finishes in 15th for the season. Mick Schumacher, 16th. Yuki Tsunoda, 17th. Joe Guan Yu, 18th. Alexander Albon, 19th. Nicholas Latifi, yeah, he got some points this season. He finishes 20th. And then Nick DeVries, he's 21st. And Nico Hulkenberg, technically 22nd uh, in the driver's standings this year. I guess he'll be moving up next year. 20th at the absolute worst. Uh, Yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) Yeah, I think Nico – or you say that, but but – yeah, uh, I Nick mean, DeVries yeah, got exactly. points in one race, <laughs> and we've knows? definitely had years where guys have finished with zero points. I would, I, I suspect Nico Hulkenberg will get a couple of points next yeah, year. Yeah, we shall see. In the constructor standings, it's Red Bull taking home the championship. They didn't actually win the championship last year. It was Mercedes, they did not, so no. a nice win for them. Ferrari finishes P2, quite a bit ahead of Mercedes. That turned into a battle late in the season. Alpine finishes in P4, ahead of McLaren in P5. From P6 is Alfa Romeo. P7, Aston Martin, followed by Haas, Alfa Tauri, and Williams. What wow, a season those, we had. The Alfa Romeo and Aston Martin are, are literally tied on points. Tied on points. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> you know, if Vettel would have gotten that one more point, $12 million. That, that he didn't want it, close. He said, I'm not going to be around. No, I'm not. I'm not yeah. putting $12 million. $12 million. Do you know how much money I made Larry my career? $12 million. I don't bend over to no, pick thank up you. $12 million. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. We watched this race, and then we came over here right away to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it, man. I felt like I was an F1 driver looking for my whole shots <laughs> yeah. down the road. Oh There's this God. one great turn. I think about it every yeah, time it. when we're recording. Like on a, Usually we're on a Tuesday. I come down that one hill, JD, then I got to do a left and a quick right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I hit the apex perfect on this one today. I was flying. I think I said my personal. The Doyle Doyle Yeah, although on my way over here, I was actually pretty nervous because I saw like like 13 cops where the the DeKalb County Police were out. They're out. They were out today, and I was like, I gotta chill out. Church. Church. Exactly right. It's true. They actually were. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we're gonna hand out some awards for this Formula One season. Stick around. Back with no breaks. Graydon, one thing we didn't talk about from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the donuts. Oh, At my God. We didn't talk race, about the donuts. Some incredible donuts. Some what a way to send off the F1 season. When's the last time you did donuts in a car? In a car? Maybe like college. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did one time. I did some donuts. In my back when you were young college. and dumb. Yeah, back when I like just didn't, you know. Seems scary care. to me I now. Like, yeah, I think I'd probably, be. I'd be worried about losing control and going into a driven style. I would say I'm not doing a lot of donuts in the wagon these days. Although I think I could do it. The donuts are fun. I was a little disappointed because when Fernando Alonso retired the first time. They went out there, and him and Vettel and Hamilton did donuts together because it was like the champions sure. like doing donuts together, like honoring him. 
But then uh, Hamilton and Alonzo, I bet you they would have done it for Vettel, but they both DNF'd. I think they probably planned on going out there and doing it. We'll do them. some sick donuts. Yeah, but then they didn't even finish. I did like uh, I did a, like um, I did like sorry Alonzo saying I'm gonna look out for Seb at the start of the race. Like don't crash this guy out. I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, okay. too bad they weren't around. To throw some donuts at the end, though, I did see Sergio Perez almost went into the wall. Has anybody ever, like, accidentally when doing tapped a, a wall doing a donut? I don't know. I've never seen it if it had, but, These guys know, are pretty, pretty slick with pretty the wheel, you know. They're pretty good at doing donuts. <laughs> like, they're, they are, I would say, that's like, they know how to do a donut. That's one, of, that's one of the requirements to get your super license? They do. It, it's On the track is one thing, but, you know, sometimes when you see these, like, PR events, they're, like, in a city, like, when they were in Las Vegas, like, the other week, you know, they're, like, on the strip doing a big PR event, and, and I think Perez was there doing yeah. donuts. And it's honestly, they're, like, it's a pretty small space. There's fans all over the edge of it, and he's spinning the car around. And I, I think to myself... I, you got to be very confident in your yeah. donutting ability to do this in, <laughs> in, in, yeah. in this moment. So Yeah. I mean, there was a moment in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix where Hamilton was trying to figure out whatever was going on with this shifting on his car. And he was driving just 90 miles an hour one hand, like, trying to fix the steering wheel like this. <laughs> I was like, okay, these guys are a little bit different here. But – that's enough Abu Dhabi. Let's talk about this entire season. We're going to hand out some awards here, and our first award is the biggest one, Graydon. It's the Full Beans Driver of the Season Award. The award for the Formula One driver. Who gave it the most beans this entire season. A dominating victory for Max Verstappen, certainly. So I wonder if he'll be receiving some beans here today. What you say, Graydon? He would be... A worthy recipient, no doubt, having had one of the most dominant <laughs> yes. seasons of all time. Yes. But I'm not going to give it to him. Of course not. Of course not. It's not about that. It's, it's really not. <laughs> it's really not. I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to give it to a man who absolutely, I think, you know, delivered it week in, week out. Really, arguably, outperformed the car. Was incredibly consistent. Beat. His co, his fellow driver, his teammate, who is one of the greats of all time, and no doubt about it, loves a plate of beans. George Russell. I love it. I was considering giving Russell my beans as well because he was just so consistent and finally won his first race of one his of career. Yeah. Put it on pole a couple of times and. Pretty impressive to be able to outdrive Lewis Hamilton. He was just very steady throughout the entire I just, season, I thought. For me, when I look at where I expected people to be, the, the season I expected them to have, you know, a lot of the other people, as I as I look at Max, Charles, Sergio, wherever, they're about where I thought where they should have ended up given the car and given their capabilities. But Russell in P4, I think a very impressive outing for him. Uh Really great. And and I also just think it's about, like, who's going to appreciate the beans, who's going to eat the beans. And it's George, <laughs> the most British man alive, yeah, love who him. loves a plate of beans. He absolutely loves it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I thought, though, you would maybe go for Leclerc, considering he was leading uh, the championship race early in the season. You know, Ferrari's... If we had early start and numerous troubles gave us a whole bunch of content throughout the year. Oh well, I, Leclerc is in some ways is the story of the season, I despite think so. becoming yeah. in P two. Like he was 
in in some amazingly weird way the protagonist of this year despite max running away with the title yeah, yeah. you know like he was the story so many weekends and had we done a full beans driver of the day i think it would have been charles who i think absolutely an absolute coup to end up in second Definitely. after the way the OB, you know so they yep. so a great driver for him to do it but i but for me when i really just look at like who impressed the most i mean i you know charles actually was incredibly impressive he really only had a couple of instances where it was his fault you know france and you know maybe one or two others uh i think uh miami briefly had an error there but for the most part he drove clean he drove at a very high quality it was really pit wall strategic blunders or um you know you know car issues you know that that took him out of races so that was but Listen, I mean, I, for I just like I for me, it's like Russell just looks poised to join that upper echelon of Charles, Max, etc., who are really battling for titles in the next, you know, few years. Definitely, with uh, the rep he had at Williams as a potential like world champion caliber driver, to see how good he actually was in a better car, yeah, I thought was sure. super, super impressive. And yeah, Ferrari. They kind of just didn't become a story at the end of the season. Apparently, they ran into the cost cap, is what Bonotto said, and they were just a little bit out of it. So to come through here at the end in Abu Dhabi, I thought was super impressive. And yeah, Leclerc was just such a major driver of narrative throughout the season, I thought. Alonso, Fernando Alonso is the other guy I would consider giving full beans to. As we talked about, he outdrove the car, it seemed like, almost every week. It seemed like he was faster than Ocon almost every single week. They had a lot of scraps together, yeah. but the results weren't there due to the reliability. And I also give Alonso a lot of credit for having such a crazy, silly season this year. Yeah, Because sure. that was so unexpected sure. that he would be leaving sure. Alpine, a car that looks like it was pretty solid, for Aston Martin, a car that was looking very, very slow this season. But once he decided uh, to take Vettel's seat, everything really popped off. Huge, huge credit for being the guy that set off an, a, a, a super ridiculous, silly season. Just so dumb and weird. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I and he was the he was the domino that, that tipped all that. And so. it like finally ended this week, it feels like, oh, with yeah. uh, hearing that Ricardo's going to be... Now backing up Perez, I guess, over at uh, Red Bull. Yeah. Although, and even that, I guess he technically hasn't signed the contract right. <laughs> right. yet yeah, exactly. or something, which I think he's gonna. It seems like he's gonna. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe he's waiting for a lucrative media deal. That guy will, that guy will be like a famous commentator eventually. Oh, for sure. I got to presume that if there's ever – because he does love the U.S. If we ever have like an American – I know he's Australian, but he, he loves America. If we ever have an American broadcast that's not Sky Sports and it's like we do an American – like absolutely could see Danny Rick as the Martin Brundle of that. Yeah. as like the color guy there. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty telling that all the McLaren garage was wearing – Stetson hats, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. the traditional yeah. Australian Stetson Exactly, hat. yeah. Uh, we want to hear from you, though, uh, in the Slipstream team or down below in the YouTube comments. Let us know your Full Beans driver of the season or any of these other categories that we're going to be handing out here. How about biggest disappointment this season, Graydon? <sighs> okay, a couple options here. So, one, uh, I think Alpha Tauri, pretty weak year across the board. Um, like feels like a that's they've got to be they've got to get the win the award for team we talked about the least because Absolutely. they did the least interesting stuff all season like I you know they it just like and Gasly had a huge took a huge step backwards but I also think somebody gosh who was it? apologies that I forgot who pointed out on Twitter but somebody uh, pointed out the other day that they also did all this with what is 
clearly the best engine on the grid. Like, Red Bull has the most powerful engine. They have that engine in their car, and they took this huge step back with, the, you know, with what should seemingly be a pretty big technical advantage. So that's not good. Very disappointed. Yeah, ninth in uh, the constructor standings for Alpha Tauri, and like you're saying, we talked about Williams more than we talked about Alpha Tauri we this did. year. We certainly talked about Haas a lot more with all of their drivers <sighs> changing, and I mean, even at the beginning of the season, Alpha Romeo had a little bit of a start. We were talking about Botas. Yeah, we and talked about Joe. Joe yeah, yeah, like yeah, that they, they, for sure. I mean, they they probably are the team we mentioned least often. Um, yeah, P14 as well for Gasly, and that was a guy who seemed like he had a little bit of momentum maybe coming in at least to last season. I think they took a little bit of a step back, and then, yeah, this year, a little bit of a disaster, which is pretty funny considering we had that question not too long ago about the close relationship between Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. And it's like, yeah, there might be a close relationship, but the teams aren't particularly aren't... close right now. No, not at all. Um, other disappointments, I think you got to look at uh, where – you know, signs has got to be disappointed in this in this season. You know, he had he came around a little bit better the later half of the year. He drove a little bit more cleanly, but so many races that ended a lap or two in to finish fifth in the standings in what was clearly the second best car for the majority of this. I know not every race race in race out, but you know on the season as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a disappointment. Signs can't be happy. It, it makes you look. Like you are decidedly the number two driver, sure. and that, like that, you know that, and that is not what he wanted. He did not join Ferrari expecting to be a, playing a supporting role to Charles Leclerc, but it looks like that right now. Oh, definitely, <laughs> you know, it does. So. And at the halfway mark of the 2021 season, they were like level with each yeah, other. Yeah, Leclerc I, and Sainz were. In the end, I, I do believe he beat Leclerc last season in the points. I believe he ended up the, uh, slightly ahead of him. Which was unexpected, and I think people generally didn't feel was representative of their talent. People generally mm-hmm. were like higher on Leclerc than Signs, but you know he had it. You know it's so. I don't know that that's one. Who, who else jumps out at you? Anybody else? The other disappointment for me is that I wish I wouldn't have paid so much attention to the race for first because it ended up being such a huge dominating season for Verstappen. Yeah. But we were caught up in the early season of, you know, can Ferrari take down Red Bull? Can Leclerc catch Verstappen? When in reality, there was an awesome battle for P2 between uh, Perez and Leclerc and then between Ferrari and Mercedes as well. And that really picked up heat as the season went on. But it's impossible to look at second. When you're looking at second, you're not trying to figure out, are they going to finish ahead of third? You're trying to figure out, are they going to catch the first place team? Yeah. I wish I had a different perspective, man. I I think – one of the people ask me sometimes when they're first getting into the sport, like, what do you like as a as a new fan, what should I do to like get into it? And my answer to them is always like f- find the joy in the midfield mm-hmm. and like fall in love with the midfield a little bit because you can't you really can't count on the top of the standings to carry you through yep. the whole season. Last year, was such an anomaly, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah. I, like that. It's but but the reality is, is in the middle there in the pack. There's incredible racing. There's incredible stories. There's huge battles that make a huge difference to these teams. They're you know the uh, twelve million dollars, the aforementioned twelve million dollars. you know, for some of them, for Aston Martin, given the money they have, probably not a big deal. For some of them, that's a that's a huge difference sure. maker in how competitive they can be the, the following season. 
What about best race of the season? Whew. What do you think was uh, the most enjoyable Grand Prix? The consensus pick has got to be the British Grand Prix, right? I think so. Silver, so, yeah. you know, that was a really good one. I want to throw my – I want to th- throw in a shout-out to Brazil, though, which I know the title was decided by then, so it didn't have the – like, it didn't seem to have, like, the season-wide impact that Silverstone mm-hmm. did. But I thought it was a great race and a great weekend end-to-end. It's like quali, the sprint race – and the race itself, all super exciting, all super fun. I really enjoyed it, despite the fact that it was kind of a, you know, it, it, it and its outcome, which was the Leclerc and Perez being tied in the points heading into this weekend, was, you know, ended up making four. It was the whole reason today's race was super exciting and super dramatic. Yeah. So thankfully, you know, we got a great outcome out of that just in order to set up ongoing drama so i I mean those are probably my two anything those are the top two for me as well silverstone and interlagos i thought were both really really fun they're also races that neither verstappen nor leclerc won right so it's interesting to see like signs took the win in silverstone it was george russell um in brazil i don't so i thought that those were both interesting and it was also had like last lap kind of intrigue stuff right with like hamilton at silverstone left out there with uh, the safety the safety car coming in late, and should we bring him in? Should we not? He eventually yeah. gets eaten up uh, by signs. I thought that was fun. And then, like you're saying, all the spice between Verstappen yeah, and that Perez. Yeah, that was fun. It, had yeah, all, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I mean, other ones to mention, this is a long time ago now, but, you know, the uh, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix was actually pretty good. That yeah. was, like, back when we thought we were going to have a Ferrari's really tight— Ferrari's back, baby. Yeah, when we thought— <laughs> when Ferrari was back and we thought we were going to have a really tight title fight, and— Max and Leclerc were battling, you know, all the way to the end. You know, Leclerc took, you know, Max overtook him just a lap or two before the end. And even at at the end of that race, you know, Leclerc drove up and gave him like a thumbs up. And when they interviewed him afterwards, you know, before, you know, Ferrari had done their season-long demoralization of Charles, <laughs> like they, like he was thrilled. He, yeah. he got second and he was like, today was super fun. It was super great. It was great racing. It was hard racing. I had a great time. This is so great. It just like it felt fun, you know. Oh, definitely. Like I, you uh, know, yeah. like I, and it. Like, I would say like that... the first three races of the season, it felt like we were back <laughs> at the end of 2021. Yeah. We're like, okay, we got two real deal championship contenders here yeah. that are going to be going until the yeah. last lap of the season again. So yeah, uh, early season Silverstone Brazil, I think, are huge, huge uh, wins this year. How about a favorite random moment from? The Formula One season. Wow, favorite random moment. Um, gosh, I can uh, jump in. How about okay. Nick DeVries getting points in his very first race in Italy? That was pretty cool to actually Great see moment. him uh, Great step moment. in there and you know kind of put an end to Nicholas Latifi's career. <clears throat> we kind of felt like that was the final straw for him there. So I thought that was really cool to see. And I would also say our silly season this year was great. We had was big time. one favorite moment of mine. Sadly, you weren't, you weren't in the studio for it, but when we had the guys from the Red Flags podcast on, it was mm-hmm. live on air when Oscar Piastri had said, no, I'm not driving for Alpine. That news broke like mid-episode. That was a great moment because that was so sh- shocking. I mean, <laughs> yeah. genuinely shocking. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was really enjoyable. Didn't we have a... Was it Latifi who had to dodge 
like a beaver in Canada or something or an animal. There was a there were there have been the a couple animal animals on track. I always uh, love an animal on track as long as yeah. the animal makes it out alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as it's a successful animal. Yeah, I there was one in we had a really good instance of that in Montreal where it was like a um uh I think it was a beaver. There's got to be, but uh, and uh, I think it was. I'm just Latifi, googling think... animal on track here. We can see what kind of an a uh, groundhog. Groundhog. A little smaller than a beaver. A little smaller than a beaver. Yeah, a little. Yeah, so I like. So I like that. I <laughs> like that. Pretty funny. I thought that was yeah. a good. I, that for me, I was like, yeah, I like this. this. Is weird. This is dumb. I like this. Also, uh, throw in our <laughs> J.R. Hildebrand podcast. Oh, that was a good time. Great app. And a couple of banger uh, film sessions, Driven, and Days of Thunder. <sighs> Both, both good. Which do you <laughs> both, yeah, both do you like? Good? Did you like? Okay, <laughs> the podcasts, yes, both good. The podcasts, good. The movies, varying in quality. <laughs> yes, neither good, but one is a good I mean, bad I'm, and one is a bad bad. I'm proud that out of all the film sessions you guys have done over the years, that I got to participate in what was widely agreed to be the worst movie we've ever watched. Like, there, there was just to utter total consensus across the oh, board yeah. that this is the worst movie we've ever watched as part of this series, so I was proud of that. It'll be interesting to see if anything ever beats zero out of a million for a score. It's going to be tough to do, but uh, we shall see. Zero out of a million. How about a meme of the year? You got any memes you've been enjoying these days Gosh. or this season? What are the good? What were the best? Well, memes? my number one yeah, meme this season was Carlos Sainz wearing a football helmet after yeah, yeah. <laughs> after the podium in Miami. The salute to me is very funny. I think uh, I like just this wearing helmet. A helmet. It looks cool, right? Like, I'm into it. At the time, I think I kind of made fun of it, but in retrospect, I would like throw that up on my shelf. Like oh, a Pirelli absolutely, football helmet. yeah. Or I also think like um, a football team. You know, it's Similar to like a, a Vikings or an Eagles, where they have the horns going back on their helmet. Oh, yeah, I do yeah. like the like the like the fl- like the, yeah, the whatever the little leaves. The Caesar like the leaves. leaves. Yeah, the Caesar. Those? Yeah, whatever those are. It is. Olive they are branches? like Caesar. They are like Caesar leaves. <laughs> Caesar leaves. I don't know. If that's yeah, what it's from called. the Caesar tree. No, but I know what you mean. It yeah. is like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought uh, Miami in general gave us quite a few memes. Like um, when we realized. A, it was funny to find out they had a fake marina, and then it was even more funny fake that they marina. had fake water in the fake marina. Wow, that – no, that, that – awesome. I thank you for reminding me. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about that. Ago, yeah. That is, A, a long time ago, B, was great and surreal I, that they just did that. I, so odd. The marina, the building the marina, at first I thought, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. The fake water just took it to a whole nother level of weirdness. That is – is simultaneously like it's the most memeable race of the season, but it's also one of my least favorites just because like the signal to noise ratio was insane. Yes. I just felt like the, the they the whole weekend was insane and such a furor of like content and celebrities and like weirdness. It was a weird one. That was a weird one. <laughs> if you think that's weird, just wait till like it's a Vegas next year. Oh it's my gonna god, it's gonna be insane. It's man. gonna be like <laughs> I. It, there's – I want to see it. it. There's a part of me that's worried it's going to be, like, insufferable almost. Like, it's going to be too much. Didn't they say it's, like, the first Saturday race since 1986 or something like that? The last time they were in Las Vegas? Something along those lines. It's going to be – it's going to be yeah, wild. It's a they Saturday already have cars night. driving through casinos, so. It's a Saturday <laughs> night race. Yeah, that is – I guess – when is Quali that weekend? Do you know? I don't know. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, so we got, like, a year to figure it out. 
Oh, okay, great. And, I had, a, and a year to scrape together the money to I, afford one of these. Yeah, I, <laughs> these I tickets. have a buddy. My buddy Ben, I guess, works with the company that's producing it. So he was like, yeah, I could get his tickets. But I wonder if, my, if Taryn will let me leave on Thanksgiving weekend to go to an F1 race. I feel like Just going the, the boys to of Vegas are, for yeah, Thanksgiving. Like, what, What's the big what, deal? What, Trey JD and I are going to Vegas. It's, it's not a, work a big trip. deal. It's, it's, it's work. But, I mean, if you got a hookup. Hey, we, I, we I do. I know. Do. I, then, then it's like, be I a have service to go. Not to. Yeah, exactly. The I'm only other on meme it. I would say this year is porpoising. Remember when we talked about porpoising oh all God. the time? Constant. That was disappointing. Like it never – what do you mean? Like – What was dis? I don't want to have to think about physics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about aeronautics, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, supposed to figure out floor effects? Yeah. yeah there, it yeah, just looks so, painful. There was a lot of porpoising. <laughs> there was a lot of porpoising talk around. We were really season. bouncing around a lot. But we want to know what you all think in the Slipstream team, so let us know your full beans driver, disappointments, best races, anything else you liked from this Formula One season. And if you're watching live in the Slipstream team right now, leave us some questions because when we come back from break, <clears throat> Graydon and I are going to answer a few of them. Back with no breaks, got some good answers from the Slipstream team about the various awards we gave out in the last segment. Uh, Ignatius Roberto mentions Alexander Albon finished 10th in the Australian Grand Prix, almost without pitting. That was really oh, cool. Remember that? that he ran was super moment. long, pitted the very last lap, and locked down a point. So that is a great random, mo- random moment. And Terrific. Ignatius also mentions as one of the memes of the year. Martin Brundle's Paolo Banquero interview. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brundle had, I think, a standout season in terms of real weird on-the-grid yes. stuff. I mean, he was really firing on all cylinders, making it weird pre-race. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you, you're an American athlete. Yeah. You must be well, the most famous football player there is. My God, that is incredible. And I still, I mean, for me, when he quoted the Green Day lyrics, when he said, is it going to be a boulevard of broken <laughs> yeah, dreams? That was pretty I good. Mean, like, I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, inc- oh God, so good. And and as we've <laughs> mentioned many times before, he was going out of his way to say full beans this year, I do believe. He said it at every given opportunity. Yeah, I I think I agree about that. He's I, I think he's trying to like meme himself a little bit. I think he's got it. I think it's like hand down. It's the hand down man down of the right. Nice. He's like yeah. I'm, fo- I'm 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 getting it in there, right? Like, I'm getting, you know. The hand down man down of F one. I actually really really like that. Also, got a great question from Javante Music here uh, in the Slipstream team. We're going to be answering some questions here, and this will be the one first one we start with. What's next for Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi? The uh, okay, so I'll answer this reverse order. Latifi, <laughs> I mean, I will, I will bet anybody a lot of money that Latifi never drives an F one again. I mean, his career is over. He's just not very good. He's not very good. He's not very good, <laughs> not very good yes. at this, right? So I, I really just don't see anybody giving give him another shot. I, I think he, he could, he can drive an Indy car though. Okay, if he wants to drive, I mean, I think they could get him a seat in Indy car, and he, he could probably, I think he'll probably be. M- middle of the pack there but you know I, I think he's already mentioned it as a possibility so i could see that mick i expect to hang around and try to fight his way back in like i expect mick to be fighting for a seat talking to people where and how and when it's not going to be easy there's a lot of talented guys out there and mick didn't perform at the level that people hoped he would so it, it, it'll be tough to earn a second chance when there's only 20 seats but 
I think it's possible. I think it would really help Mick out if we if we end up seeing the grid get expanded a little yeah. bit. Yeah. If we see a few extra teams come in, I think it gets way more plausible. Do you think he goes the reserve driver route, whether it be at or Mercedes, Mercedes or, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think Ferrari, you know, like he was with Ferrari in the driver academy for a little bit, Then we, but then we had that quote from Toto saying he's a Mercedes man. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that he, that they're, I mean, the Ferrari driver academy dropped him coming right. out of this year, right? I'm surprised that the conversation wasn't, yeah, why don't you be our reserve driver? But, yeah, I mean, if he, definitely, if he is Mercedes reserve driver next year, that is a real coup for him, and just keeps him in a, in a sport that's very political and very much about centers of power and and people who have outsized influence being close to Toto helps like you know helps you get back in a seat so that increases his odds immensely so you say it's easier to get back into formula 1 if you're a reserve driver who's just there and might be called up at any given moment rather than like i mean I just, I'm comparing Latifi and Schumacher here, but in general, like, what about going to IndyCar and dominating and saying, okay, we'll bring, we'll bring you back? I mean, we just haven't seen a lot of guys. It feels to me like just grow, going the reserve driver route is a little better. You're there. Um, you're there. I mean, who, in terms of guys who've actually driven elsewhere and then made their way back, you know, uh, Nico Hulkenberg was driving in the German Sports Cars League, which is really well respected on the F1 grid. That's probably a better route than IndyCar, where honestly, the guys who go to IndyCar, Marcus Erickson, Roman Grosjean, it's, it feels like they're never coming back. Sure. It feels like that, like this is the the MLS equivalent of like some guy when there's like, some big European soccer player comes <laughs> over, right? It's David like, Beckham on the Galaxy. Yeah, it feels like that a little bit, you know. So that this is a late career move or something. So that. I feel like it'd be really hard to go to Indy and do, you know, drive so impressively that you made it back. You do like soccer. You know a lot about it. I mean, I know all about it. I know that the MLS (laughs) is the American Soccer League. (laughs) This guy knows all about it. Our next question comes from at MUL358 on Twitter who asks, do we see any team breaking into the top three next season? Obviously, he's talking about Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes as the top three this season. Is there anybody who could potentially join that group next year? Well, MUL358, I think there's only really one serious contender for that, and it's got to be Alpine. I think mm. – I only say that because, to me, they're – McLaren looked like they were knocking on the door for a while, but they clearly took a step back this season. It's not even because Alpine just was fourth, and it's like, well, fourth is just one below third. It's because they are <laughs> a manufacturer. It's because they have the power of – the Renault Corporation behind them, and they do have the ability to make the sort of investments and commitment to the sport that probably can leapfrog you up into that group. I just do think it may, makes a huge difference when you have, you know, uh, an entire automotive corporation in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that pays dividends in a variety of ways. So that to me is why they've always, you know, that you know they feel like the one most likely to get up into there but i don't know that's you know um yeah i i agree i agree it's most likely alpine because they were fast this year it's just kind of about the reliability that was a problem they're also going to have two experienced drivers with ocon and gasly though like we said earlier gasly had a spark when he started and it's not quite the same at this point for him but 
when you compare him to McLaren, it's going to be one a rookie in one of their seats replacing Daniel Ricciardo, who didn't have a great run uh, with McLaren. But still, Lando and a rookie is a little bit different than a couple of guys who've been on the grid in a while in Ocon and Gasly. So I would imagine they are the one as well. But yeah, McLaren, during the last season at Drive to Survive, we got Will Buxton saying, McLaren's back. You know, they had their one-two at Monza. I mean, and they it just they just seem to struggle so much with the new regulations, yep. right? That they they in that shakeup they they were on the losing end. It felt like, and they. I mean, the one thing I will give them is that you know Lando is a supreme talent. Mm-hmm. You know, right, I mean, right up there with the the best guys on the grid, in my opinion. You know, so he can outdrive the car. He can get them to a place in the standings where they're finishing higher than they should have in the first place. But it takes more than that th- to break into the top three. Sure. You know, like that, because that is a, like, a, a really dominant group you're talking about. Do you think that Alonzo will have an impact on Aston Martin next year? Or do you think they're just kind of still going to be I mean, I expect them to drive. But, I mean, the reality is, is, as much as I love Seb, it's, you know, Alonzo has his late career driving has been way above yeah. Seb's level. He's driven great. I expect him to push the car further. And Aston Martin is making big investments. I think they're like building a new wind tunnel. They're like trying to change, you know, they're making big investments in the team. They could be there in a few years. I still do believe that, but I don't think that's a next year thing. That would be a really big leap. That'd be a big for, surprise. For one season. I just say, you know, it's just hard in one year to make such a huge leap. Our final question comes from Lab Bunny. <laughs> If Twitter implodes, which F1 Twitter moments would you like to never be forgotten? For me, absolutely, it's got to be Lewis Hamilton squatting on a tire. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why. This was just the funniest picture to me. And so now anytime Lewis Hamilton, it seems like you might have a chance at the podium. I say it might be hammer time along I, with this picture. I was going to say it was – actually, I was going to say it was Lewis Hamilton when he tweeted that photo of him like on the top step over Alonzo, like kind of like shushing him or something like that. You know, like yeah. during their like beef this year. Yeah. Like that to me was like, oh, this is this is great. This is good. It's a very public squabble. A public squabble. I love a public squabble. I love squabble. a public squabble. I love mess. I love mess. Well, speaking of messy things on Twitter, this was something else I wanted to ask you about. What did you make of the pictures coming out of the retirement dinner that they had for Sebastian Vettel? Oh, my God. And the positioning of the 20 drivers that have been on the grid this year. First of all, we could just come back. Next week and do an entire episode where we just talk about every little bit and piece of this photo. I think this is such a rich archival document as far as the dynamics of the team. It looks but like my a birthday dinner my, for George Russell. It They're does look like, like a birthday hey. dinner for George Russell. The the best part of this photo to me is how much it screams that they all don't like Max Verstappen. He's like in the back, like in the dark, kind of like <laughs> clearly nobody has their arm around him. Like everybody else has got their arm around someone. He clearly it like is not having a good time. Meanwhile, Charles actually the the toll emotionally that this season has taken and him failing to win his first title is written all over his face. He looks like such a sad boy. You think he's a sad guy? He looks like such a sad boy. Like I and there I don't know. It's I just I love it. I would truly just kill to be a fly on the wall at one of these dinners. I mean I what must I don't know what they're like. What must the dynamic be like? 
Yeah, it's weird to imagine like having a dinner conversation with Max Verstappen. Well, it's just a little unlike any. There's nothing else in sports like this, right? It's not like at the end of the season, there's like, I mean, maybe there, but there's there's not some room where like, like LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> and like I, you know and Luka Doncic all like go and like you know split a steak or something, right? Yeah. You know and you know they like. They, I mean, I guess there are NBA friends. You know, you yeah. see, you know, Chris Paul and LeBron and Melo and stuff hanging out. But but it's not like everybody – there's no, like, NBA ball where, like, all the players go <laughs> yeah. in a black tie event and hang out and, like, like just our buddies at the end of the season. Like, you don't have things like that. Yeah, I think this is pretty cool. And they should make them take, like, a casual photo at the end of every year. Like, I know they did one, like, on the grid where they're all sitting, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, smiling, yeah, yeah. like a classic team photo sort of thing. But – Go out to dinner. Take a picture. It's very fun to look at. I also love, like, Botas's look is incredible. Oh, my God. With the God. mustache. He, he's got a flat brim hat on. He He's he's the best. Yeah. Uh, we could do an entire episode on the positioning of these <laughs> I think everyone. Lance Stroll got a good spot. Lance Stroll's got a great spot. Lewis Hamilton looks great. His outfit is is turned up to 11. Uh-huh. Like, head to toe purple. The man loves some monochrome, right? Like, he loves it more than anybody. Like, look at this. He looks – everybody else is dressed like like some – I don't know. Like, Checo Perro is, like, literally dressed as, like, I dress. Like, this is, <laughs> like, a, a white like tee and a T-shirt. Yeah, it's like – but Lewis is, is to the nines here. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a fashion plate. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's very it. cool to see. Sorry, I got a call. No, it's okay. Did we know? Was it? Uh, it's my or... buddy. It's my buddy John. He's trying to figure out about this. Uh, this Falcons game. Oh. <laughs> I usually Sorry, like to John. keep this pretty close to my vest, but uh, I don't know if you know this about me, Graydon. I like sports. Oh, I like sports. Man. I like uh, racing sports. sports. I like basketball sports, football sports, football. Uh, soccer. Where are we at on that? Uh, I'm not going to start liking soccer for another week, probably. Yeah, but in a week, that's going to be <laughs> – Yeah, I'm exactly. Know all about, I'm I, can like, only oh, like, this... I can only like one non-American-based like, sport at a time. Yeah. So right now it's Formula One, but as soon as we're done with the show, I'll start liking you soccer. Know, you know who else likes sports, but not just one sport. He likes a variety of sports. Who's that? Valtteri Botas. He loves cycling. He's gotten very into gravel. He's big into cycling? He's big into cycling. See, he does all. He does a bunch of the premier gravel races. He does one in Steamboat – or he does one in Colorado every year like during the summer break. And when he was in Colorado, I believe this is from two seasons ago, he took a very iconic photo, I think, yeah. in a stream, ass out. <laughs> and my friends, we we have a new contribution to the wall of the Classic Factory. <laughs> we have, we have, uh, 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 this is my gift to you, Trey. Uh, you know, I, I earlier this season, I went ahead and got uh, the Valtteri Botas ass poster. And a bit like... Botas gave it to Lewis Hamilton at Monaco. <laughs> I am presenting Man. you with it, with this ass, this man ass. It's just now the start of the holiday season, and I already know that this gift won't be topped. Oh, it's it's a gift <laughs> it's kind that of keeps bottomed, on giving. Actually. It's it's the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's so much more majestic in person than I was thinking. You know, the definition. Wow. I mean, he's the really... rippling, both of the muscles and of uh, the waves. That's a white ass. I mean, there's no two ways about it. There's no two ways, there's about, no two it. ways about it. But, I you mean... know, I do look forward to having this hanging behind me for the entirety of the NBA season that we're yeah, yeah. embarking upon right here. Yeah. Uh, behind me. Also nice, man. Oh, yeah. There you go. So it's, it's, it's a real beaut. And I think it's calming. I think you look at it and you think, you know – 
It is beautiful. This is. It is like calming enough that if you look at it, you just notice it. You're like, oh look, that's beautiful. But then you look a little closer. It's a reminder a that it's a reminder the that there's no day. There's no day like today to start living your best life, my friends. And that's what Valtteri is doing. Valtteri had these vibes all season. Incredibly did chill have these vibes. vibes all season. Incredibly chill vibes. He put this out at the absolute <laughs> perfect moment. Early yeah. in the season, Alfa Romeo had a nice start to the year. We were excited to see Botas again. And then we were excited to see his boat ass again. So, perfectly timed. Uh, very cool, and I cannot wait to see this hanging on the wall yeah, around here. Yeah, it's a real beaut. It's a real Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been spiffing things up, and this is going to be an incredible addition. What a season we had, Graydon. What a season. Ending it with Valtteri Botas naked in a stream. It's, 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 it's a fitting. <laughs> we've spent a lot we've of time come. in the streams together, but never like this, Graydon. Yeah, there's, yeah, there, yeah this, is, this is truly the end. Re- I think we did rent. say we were going to recreate this at some point. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, got a camping trip scheduled at Sweetwater Nature Reserve in a couple of weekends. Uh-oh. Might be a little cold. But I'm well, I to think do it's anything. cold in here, too. <laughs> I think he's cold. I guess we would know if he turned over. Oh! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of No Breaks. And maybe we'll do another off-season content little uh, episode at some point. Hand out some more awards. Who knows what other driver we can find nude on the internet. Hang a picture. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to end end with the Clipper Bros. I don't even really want to end this podcast. Because as soon as we're done, I have to become a soccer fan. Right, then we gotta pivot straight to think about the World I gotta Cup. start thinking about I gotta now. learn who's on the U.S. national team. I gotta learn their names. We got uh, Miles Robinson. Is that true? Christian Pulisic. That's that's, that, a, guy, that's right? a guy. He's that's good? a guy. That's definitely a guy. The I first one good. I have no idea. That's definitely a guy. Thank you to anybody who listened to the podcast or joined us here live on the Slipstream team. We'll be talking about Formula One again someday. We'll be talking about basketball on No Dunks tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Until the next time, be fast or be last. (laughs) Be fast or be asked. (laughs) Hey!